This is the public speaker. Quick and dirty tips for improving your communication skills with your host, Lisa B. Marshall. So one of the blog readers, Scott, he wrote me a question the other day, just maybe three days ago. And I started writing my answer to him in an email and I realized I should just write an episode. So what he wrote was, without me asking for one, a previous coworker offered to give me a LinkedIn recommendation, but he asked me to write it. What do you think about that? Well, Scott, I have to be honest. My first reaction was from my inner cynic. Negative Lisa thought, well, there's a really good chance that your previous coworker was just fishing for a recommendation from you. He may have been thinking if he offered you a chance to write your own recommendation, then you might let him write one for himself. So, Scott, my first question is this. Do you want a recommendation from this person? If the answer is yes, then my next question would be, are you willing to endorse him in the same way? Of course, that's not a requirement, but you'll likely feel a bit of an obligation to reciprocate. It's what sociologists refer to as social reciprocity. If you're interested in learning more about that, I highly, highly recommend a book called Influence, The Psychology of Persuasion. Here's what the author, Dr. Robert Cialdini, I think that's the way you pronounce it. This is what he says in chapter two. By virtue of the reciprocity rule, then we are obligated to the future repayment of favors, gifts, invitations, and the like. So typical it is for this indebtedness to accompany the receipt of such things that the term much obliged has become a synonym for thank you, not only in the English language, but in others as well. The impressive aspect of the rule of reciprocation and the sense of obligation that goes with it is its pervasiveness in human culture. It's so widespread that after intensive study, sociologists such as Alvin Guldner can report that there is no human society that does not subscribe to this rule. Isn't that incredible? So Scott, if your answer is still yes, you do want his recommendation and you are willing to endorse him, then here's my quick and dirty tip. Write yourself an awesome recommendation. What's that you say? Not sure how to do that? Mm, I conveniently wrote an episode on writing great LinkedIn recommendations. But in this case, you'll need to be recommending yourself as if you're the, the other person. So from his voice. Keep in mind that if we all do this, though, if we all write our own LinkedIn recommendations, the meaning of the recommendations get devalued. In time, they would come to have no meaning. So if you're not comfortable doing that, then another option might be just to provide a simple outline. Give them a few traits or experiences that you want highlighted and then just send them that. To be clear, I generally like to quiet my inner cynic and try to think about the best in people. So if I were in your shoes, I think I would give my coworker the benefit of the doubt. I would take his request to write a self-recommendation as a compliment. I think, hey, trust me, he's offering to help. And that's a good thing, right? Maybe he gets a ton of requests and he sincerely just wants to help. For me, the bottom line is this. If what you write is accurate and appropriate, then I don't have a problem with the approach. In fact, when I request a recommendation for a specific purpose, I generally ask the person if they want me to create a draft for them so they have something to work from. Many, many recommendations have deadlines associated with them. So for me, creating a draft helps them to speed their process, helps me to speed my process. But 
I got to tell you the truth, I'm always secretly hoping that they say no thanks, mostly because the best recommendations that I've ever received were written without my guidance. And they included things that never would have occurred to me to write in a recommendation. So I think it's better to let the person use their creativity and balance that with the needs of time and efficiency. I'm guessing, though, Scott, that some people still might be feeling a little uncomfortable even writing just a draft. So if you're one of those people, I still think it's a good idea to at least briefly highlight what you'd like recommended. So give them some idea of what to emphasize, what to include in their recommendation. Because honestly, the person who's doing the recommendation doesn't want to be caught off guard. They want to answer the questions to the best of their ability and to help you to the best of their ability. So as I'm suggesting, writing your own recommendation isn't just limited to LinkedIn. I often tell students, many, many times I tell students, especially those that are trying to get a recommendation from somebody who's really busy, I tell them, just go ahead, write a recommendation, (laughs) write a glowing recommendation, and then send it on. If somebody's in job search mode and they really need to get a specific type of recommendation to help bolster their application, then I think writing a draft can just make it easier for the person who's making the recommendation. He probably doesn't know enough about the details of the prospective position to write an appropriate recommendation. Or he may not even really fully remember you or the person or the project. So the other side is also possible that The recommender may have so many positive things to say that he's just not sure what to concentrate on, which particular traits and qualities are important to emphasize. So I really do in my heart believe that providing a pre-written recommendation is a courtesy to that person to help guide them. And by the way, that doesn't necessarily mean that the recommendation that they return back to you is exactly as you wrote it there's always the option to write something completely different. Scott, I also wonder if your ex-coworker, whether he recognizes that recommendations also reflect on the person who writes the recommendation. When someone is reviewing a LinkedIn recommendation in particular, with a single click, the reader can see the profile of the author. So you will be judged by the quality and quantity of the recommendations that you receive and by the quality and quantity of the recommendations that you write. And by the way, that's exactly why I think LinkedIn recommendations are so powerful and so important. It's also why I asked you the question in the beginning. Do you really want a recommendation from this person? And do you want to endorse him? Only you know the best course of action. Hopefully, though, I've given you enough to think about so that you can make a good decision. And if not, What I decided to do was to continue this discussion because I'm going to believe that there's going to be some varying opinions among the listeners. I want to continue the discussion over on the Facebook page. And so I'd like to ask you, the listener, to go head over to the Facebook page and weigh in. What do you think? This is the public speaker, Lisa B. Marshall, passionate about rich communication. Your success is my business. Hey, somebody suggested I should change it to, this is the public speaker, Lisa B. Marshall, passionate about helping people with communication. Your success is my business. I don't know. What do you think? Is that too long? I don't know. I just wanted to mention quickly that I'm still in the process of reading Steve Robbins' book. He's the host of the Get It Done Guy. 
He wrote the Get It Done Guys Nine Steps to Work Less and Do More. It's available in paperback and ebook. And I'm telling you, I really think this is a good book. I want to take a minute here to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for the nomination for the education category. I really appreciate it. I sincerely appreciate it. But now I'm going to have to ask you for your votes. So I know some of you are going to be torn between Grammar Girl and my show. So, so the best I can do is ask you to vote what's in your heart. So speaking of the contest, the voting period is from December 1st through December 15th. So if you're listening to the show in that period, I'd like to encourage you to go on over to podcastawards.com and go ahead and vote for your favorite shows. If you'd like to get a reminder from me and some free tips, daily free tips for the next 15 days. But the best part is if I win the category, I'm going to give away an Apple iTouch as well as some other great prizes. So if you're interested in getting the reminders, you need to go over to my personal blog. That's lisabmarshall.com. Hit the blog button and then hit the post that says the truth about the podcast awards. Hmm, if you want to know about the truth about the podcast awards, go on over to my website. Check that out. And I also wanted to mention that I have a daily contest running for those who are willing to forward the voting process or the voting email to their friends. I am choosing each day a winner for a secret surprise. And in fact, today I already picked our first winner. And drum roll, please. The winner is super fan Chitra Shiva Shankar. I hope I got that right. After he received his prize, he sent me an email that said, OMG, thank you so much. Thank you a lot. I am a super fan with a big smile. Thanks again. I appreciate the support. I really do. Oh, and thanks for reminding me to vote. I forgot yesterday and your email reminded me. Thanks. If you have questions about how to communicate better at work, leave a voicemail at 206-350-7970 or email publicspeaker at quickanddirtytips.com. Sign up for Lisa's newsletter or get information about speeches and workshops by visiting lisabmarshall.com. You can find a transcript of this show and links to connect with Lisa at publicspeaker.quickanddirtytips.com. <laughs>